0: Okay,
1: Beautiful. I think things
0: are working. <laughs> so I guess you and I can do our intro thingy. Do we
1: then, have an uh, intro thingy? <laughs> we didn't talk yeah. about this. Our last um, intro was us talking about coffee and electrolytes. <laughs>
0: it was, which I'm, I'm worried scared people off. Um, <laughs> okay, intro, intro, intro,
1: intro. Well, this is your horse is not the problem <laughs> with Sarah and Kat. Uh, And our super awkward intro, Uh, that was it. I have nothing better than that. Um, It'll it'll get better. It'll get better. It's supposed to be awkward and weird, right, when we start? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Perfect. So this week we have guests, which is exciting. It's not just going to be us rambling on stuff. There will be four of us rambling on stuff.
0: So um, who we've got today... Uh, is Release Equine, also from Alberta. We're doing a a touring Alberta right now with all the professionals. Um, And then maybe we'll move on to somewhere else. But until then, uh, we're talking about hooves today. Um, I'm sure it'll go in a million and one different directions, though. Uh, We will not stay focused enough. And then we've also got Dodge, the dog. He'll be joining us if you hear him in the background. Uh, so, actually, uh, Kathleen, before we get started and before we yeah. uh, have the guests on, um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, workshop slash retreat that we're going to be offering in August.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you go ahead and say what you want to say about it, because uh, it's in your area. So, you start.
0: Okay. This, this is how this is going to be today. You go. No, you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and then we'll get yeah, off here, and here.
0: It'll just be super awkward. No, you talk. Um, okay, so the, uh, the retreat, the workshop, it's uh, going to be in Nobleford, Alberta. Um, really cool uh, little place with uh, sunsets, sunrises, dogs, cats, horses, wheat fields. I mean, views for miles. Uh, you've not seen views like this unless you've been in Saskatchewan. Um, and uh, just great people. So, what we're going to be doing is functional movement functional movement for the horse, functional movement for the rider, and teaching people what that is, what that feels like, what that looks like, and uh, helping them to understand their own body, like posture and correctness in their own body, and then being able to transfer that over to the horse. So, yeah,
1: I'm, uh, I'm super excited mostly because I'm addicted to where we're doing it already. Sarah's <laughs> already both a few. So it's, pretty, it's a pretty sweet and tranquil place. Um, but yeah, that's, I'm comfortable about what we're going to do because it's essentially us being us but then being us with other people which is always tough. Um, yeah. Well so, so my side of it, Sarah's going to be the first side of it, like first of the people side of it, and then I'm going to do the people side of it, of course, and I'm going to work in Lots of newer stuff that I've been working on, so the functional movement, movement patterning, and then also a bunch of breath work stuff, and maybe some meditation, that kind of thing. So it's gonna be a super fun day. I'm pumped. And when is that? That's August 18th that we're gonna do this. Should
0: yeah, that's that. August 18th. Um, it's an all-day thing. If uh, if this is a hit, I mean, yes. Yeah. When this becomes if- a hit. <laughs> are super
1: excited about it,
0: then what we want to do is uh, we're going to start offering this for the for a weekend. Um, and eventually, we'd really like to be doing this for a full week. Um, so uh, that's going to cater to people. Like, if you can be... From Lethbridge, you could be from Calgary, you could be from halfway across Canada, you could be from halfway across North America, you could be from the other side of the freaking ocean. Um, we really want to encourage people to come out and do this, learn this material, and uh, take it back to their own horse. So how we're structuring it is in a way, oh wow, that's, that's everyone, uh, structuring it in a way that um, you can work with the horses that I've got at my place. And those horses already know this information and you can learn it without having to worry about the baggage that you and your horse have together. Um, Eventually there'd also be the opportunity to uh, bring your horse in for some rehab training and uh, get the movement fixed at the farm and then come in and put it together with you and Kathleen. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Can't
1: wait. The inaugural retreat.
2: The
0: beginning of many things. Okay, so let's, uh, without further ado, let's uh, introduce Bob and Sarah. Um,
2: introduce yourselves, Bob and Sarah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm Sarah. I am one half of Release Equine. Um, I <laughs> I was described as the wild card. <laughs> In this whole venture. So um, I'm here for support right now. Mostly I do riding and, and the actual training of the horses. Um, lots of experience in lots of different disciplines. And as most of you will have told by my accent by now, I am from England. So I have a kind of a different background too with the horses um, from that respect. So we've we got the token, token
0: accent now, we're legit.
3: Great <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> Excellent Hi everybody, I'm Bob I'm the other half of Relief That Coin, obviously I grew up riding a lot of ranches on ranches, working cattle starting colt um, kind of learning a lot of what not to do with the horse before I learned what to do with the horse I'm a 16 year veteran farrier Um started specializing in hoof rehab I guess it was in 2005 and then I really started to understand the most important part of hoof care is how the hoof strikes the ground and the development of the back of the foot which I see in the industry is not there a lot of people don't understand how much pain these horses are going through because they don't have it foot. so I'm here to talk feet with Sarah and, and everybody else here and and hopefully we can uh, give you guys a load of information here that you maybe never heard before, or maybe you have, but we're definitely going to gonna give it to you here straight up.
0: Okay. So one of the things that uh, I'm going to get Bob talking about right away here, um, recently came out to my place. I had a horse that we had some movement issues with. Um, she was, she moved beautifully, but she wasn't staying sound. And Bob, took one look at her and he's like an x-ray machine with his eyes and told me <laughs> what was going on with the horse. And now she's been moving sound for two weeks and we're progressing, like making big improvements. And it, it was a hard lesson for me because I was destroying with her. I was destroying her body because her feet couldn't handle balance. Uh, there was balance in her body. And because there was no balance in her feet, her body was falling apart. So I hope that makes sense. Um, but I'm going to get Bob to explain it. And Kathleen, do you have anything to, any questions?
1: Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, three minutes. <laughs> um, I'm assuming you were talking about the horse. you just had Bob help you with. Correct that. Um, I have nothing to add because so I missed that whole part. I'll so continue. <laughs>
0: Okay, you stick with
3: us. <laughs> and Bob, go. <laughs> when I get called out to a horse, and first thing I see is how they're walking. Um, a lot of the time, a farrier will show up and they won't, they won't watch the horse move. They'll just pick up the foot and trim it how the textbook says. They'll put the foot down and leave. And then your horse walks will be limping for about two weeks or maybe longer than that and we've considered it normal. Uh, It's not normal. The back part of the foot is designed to absorb impact. Just like when we walk across the ground, we stretch our leg forward and our heel hits the ground first. Now, you can just imagine if your heels hurt so bad, just from underdeveloped internal structures, and I'll get to that in a bit, Um, but if your heels hurt so bad that you couldn't put them down, you could just imagine the tension you'd have in your tendons and ligaments and your joints and Everything that goes from your foot all the way up to your knee, to your hip, to your back. You just, your whole body would start to break down. So the first thing I do is I come along and I bring comfort to the back of the foot. What I mean by that is I'm not going to butcher the heels right off because the back of the foot is already sensitive. I'm going to leave the heel height to a certain balance that's appropriate and it's not too high. That's going to cause problems. And then I'm going to pad the back of the foot with a foxy or a silicone of some kind or a pad, a real soft pad just to bring comfort to the the back of the foot to absorb vibration because the internal structures aren't strong enough yet to do it on their own. So I'm going to put an artificial surface in there to help them out with that. And then I might cast the foot to stabilize the foot so it doesn't overexpand and start to tear its internal structures and the tissues. So once that happens, the horse, always wants to walk on the back of the foot because that's how it's designed. When you take the pain away, it's almost within three, four strides. The horse needs to test that again. Next thing you know, they're starting to walk with a longer stride, and they're starting to load the back of the foot because it doesn't hurt. Now, the whole idea of all this is to reconnect all these certain parts inside the foot that have been disconnected from compensatory movement. As the horse it's the ground toes first. Your outer wall is going to run forward. It's going to disconnect from the bone. Your sole is going to be so thin in the front that the bone is almost going to be coming through the front of the foot. The frog is going to atrophy. Your heels are going to contract. And then your bones are going to start to remodel inside the hoof capsule because it's not designed to handle this type of impact. The back of the foot is designed for impact. The front of the foot is designed to push the horse forward. So, once I get the horse walking correctly, the whole entire foot will start to reattach itself, and then you start to grow a brand new foot on this horse. Now, you can reverse rotations. They call it rotations, but it's really just the fingernail separating from the bone. <laughs> a lot of us, a lot of professionals think that rotations of the coffin bone cannot be, cannot be corrected, but they can. Um... So the whole idea is to get the horse thinking they're already sound, but they have a whole nine months of new foot to grow yet. Um, they usually start to come up sound about halfway through the process to where you don't need the casts anymore, and you can just adjust the trim in order for them to continue to land heels first. Um, some horses are lame through the, whole, through the whole entire duration of their whole foot capsule growing. So it's, it's a commitment that you have to stick to, and a diet changes well, because if a horse is on high-sugar diet, they won't be able to grow the skin necessary to reconnect all the tissue again to their foot. Um, that's why it's so important for us to get our hay tested and to make sure we're not feeding our horses pure sugar. If we are, we're going to get into a wheel-spinning situation to where we're not going to improve anything. You could rock along for four or five years with the perfect trim, all the casting materials you need for the heel-first impact, but you won't get any improvement if the horse can't grow a well-connected foot again. So once again, comes down to a whole bunch of other factors. It's not just the trim you're looking, looking at here. Um, kind of what bothers me about the industry is that it's being taught worldwide. It's not the bottom off of a bottom off of a, the bottom of a horse's foot. The sole gets removed at every trim, the frog gets cut off. The hoof gets rasped perfectly flat, and then we scratch our head wondering, why is this horse? Me? Well, for the most part, horses don't go along to a sharp rock in the wild and paw the rock until their sole is gone, and then the frog is gone, and then they go, well, oh, that's better. I'm, my feet hurt, so now I must be okay. Uh, I've seen this thousands of times, I've tripped thousands of feet, and so I could just eliminate the abuse of the soul alone. Uh, the horses would be in a much better place. There's a lot of mechanical issues that come along with that. Not just the, the hoof that separates and destroys itself, but it goes out of the body into the joints and into the tendons and ligaments that aren't being used correctly. If you correct the movement in the feet, the soundness to the body will just get better and better and stronger and stronger. Uh, Pain-free liquid movement heals a horse. So if you start with the feet, everything else gets better from there. And then when you get a good body worker that knows what they're doing, the hard work that they put in will stay with the horse. So there's, so there's kind of the rundown on No, that
1: that's
0: perfect. Um, can you explain and go into a little bit more detail of what that looks like when you were talking about the, uh, the contracted frog and heel
1: and uh, what that
0: sole looks like, just so that the listeners can kind of take a look at their horse's foot and just see what you're explaining. What does that look like?
3: So when you look at the foot from the side, from the cornet band, so the hairline of the horse meets the actual leg, you should have a straight angle on the front of the foot, going all the way to the ground. Most of our domestic horses have a straight angle about an inch and a half down from the cornet band, and then it kicks forward. you got this big ski jump. That is a big indicator of a toe-first impact. Also, with that ski jump, the sole will be perfectly flat. So when you pick up the foot, you won't have a nice bowl shape to the foot. The foot should have... The same shape as the internal structures when you pick it up. So you should have a vault to the sole with the point of the frog being the deepest part of the bowl. Okay? So everything should flow up and out from that frog or the collateral groove around the frog. That same area you'd pick out with your hoof pick. The sole should flow up and out, protecting the internal structures. Because the sole is the only thing protecting the entire bottom of the foot from ground impact. Stones, hard rock. me, by and,
2: if both of the foot, you mean...
3: Yeah, yeah, you bet. Yeah. So the foot will have this really high, stumpy, um, almost like it doesn't belong underneath the core. It's not, the r- angles are all wrong because everything is let go. Then the back of the foot, it'll look like it's prolapse. The hairline of the back of the foot will have a big expanse to the top of the heel but you'll have a very shallow lateral groove. And that'll tell you that the whole internal structure is because the ground is back up on them every, with every impact, it's always hitting the ground. So the back of the foot is actually falling and falling and falling inside the hoof capsule. So you'll have this big expanse um, from the ha- hairline to the top of the heel. Your frog will become really smelly. You'll have a deep crack in the central sulcus Pressure and release is what's needed to grow a healthy frog. And when that frog isn't getting pressure and release stimulation from the ground, it can't repair itself faster than the fungus can eat it. So you'll be plagued with chronic thrush. You'll be plagued with the inability to grow a healthy frog without that ground stimulation. Simply because the digital cushion that lies underneath the frog is just simply too sensitive to withstand the weight of an adult horse, especially at high speed. So as the horse hits the ground, as his foot hits the ground, heels first, it creates an excruciating amount of pain for the horse. So they compensate for that and they walk on the side of their foot or the front of their foot. They never really want to, but they're only doing it because it's less painful than walking on the back of the foot. Now to understand how painful this really is, you got to imagine that it's less painful for your whole bone to go through the front of your toes where your bone starts to remodel and change than it is to walk on the back of your foot. So this isn't just a little tiny pinch in your heel that we're talking about. This is something that the horses will fight tooth and nail to not step on um, because it's that painful.
0: Okay, so... This is, I mean, this is so fascinating and super exciting. Learning about this stuff, especially from the equine therapy end of things, because I'm always working on horses that have shoulder pain uh, because they're not using their hind end, and because they're not weighting behind limbs, they're putting more weight on the front feet and causing exactly what you're talking about, and then compensating by going toe first. So if you can imagine the angle that that is, with no weight on the hind, all of the weight on the front, and now imagine what that feels like in your hands. We can't do hands up, but I mean, if you're driving and you can take your hand off the wheel, hands up if the horse has ever pulled on your hands
1: before. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Exactly. That's the symptom of everything that you're talking about
1: is the horse starts to have to balance off the rider. That's Kathleen's department
0: because of the imbalance in the foot, which is probably coming from incorrect movement that caused the horse to get there or incorrect barrier work. And not to say maybe that. no, we'll say that incorrect barrier work where the barrier isn't balancing the foot out. So when, we're getting together with uh, different people. What we really want to educate people on is find reliable professionals. Educate yourself so you know what to look for in your professionals. And listen to our freaking podcast because we'll really point you in the right direction. <laughs> and you can always trust Canadians. I don't know about the British, but you can
1: always trust Canadians. <laughs> what are you doing, you guys? We are, like, the most trustworthy. It's funny. The whole time Bobby was saying all that, I was over here, like, nerding out about human anatomy because that's essentially the same rat I or the same explanation I go off of, like, for all of my clients because humans have the exact same compensation, 9 times out of 10, uh, in their feet in terms of just either heel trekking because they're used to being super cushioned shoes and so that's the only thing that allows us to actually heel strike is the two-by-push shoes that we all put ourselves in or they're all over the place because they've never been trained to properly move from their feet from the ground up and that's usually where I have to start with riders and also any of my other patients is just correcting their foot posture and then correcting their connection to their foot and then correcting how they move on top of that foot so I'm over here nerding out because everything you're saying is like preaching to the choir we're from the human aspect it's all the same thing that's a fascinating thing
3: Right on, yeah, yeah. You take the foot pain away, it's amazing how the body will feel.
0: Okay, I want to bring up one more question. Um, you were talking about the cast,
1: and for those of you that don't know, because I just saw these, um, how Bob he doesn't put a shoe on, he puts
0: a cast on, and one of the the coolest comment I had about this. Uh, was from a rancher. Last year we had fires here, and for any of our listeners that are in southern Alberta or California or I mean anywhere where there's fires, when you're riding in the bush moving cattle and you've got shoes on, you're always worried about sparking and setting a fire for anybody that's ever done this. And the cast, I mean, the cast does so many amazing things, but how has the cast not taken um, the ranch world? completely by storm, by offering like this super simple solution, you're not going to catch or you're not going to light fires with the shoes. I mean, that's like the most superficial reason to use a cast. But if you could just for five minutes, five seconds, whatever, just explain what
2: the cast is. Well, we know why it hasn't taken off. Yeah, because <laughs> nobody can put them on correctly. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> there's just been a lack of education on how to apply them properly. Um, even a lot of veterinarians aren't aren't familiar with them as well. Um, they are the single best tool, period, in rehab and to to get the horse developing their feet properly. Um, they are. They're made out of a cloth with a, I guess they have a, a resin in them that kind of sets up at a certain time. You can get casts that set up quicker. You can get casts that set up a lot longer, depending on the horses you're use or working on. If you've got a lame horse that can't really hold its foot up very long or you need it to cure faster, then you can get a cast that's setting up a lot quicker. So within 30 seconds to a minute, you'll have this thing wrapped on and then it's already starting to cure. Um, the longer it takes... If you've got a real fidgety horse, then the cast will start to slide on the foot. And that's not what you want because you're kind of positioning it in a perfect spot as to not cause problems when, you're, when the horse is, is moving around. Um, they are definitely just as strong as a horseshoe. The, thing, the major difference between the cast and the horseshoe is that the foot will be healthier when they come out of the cast. Whereas a horseshoe is just designed to basically protect the outer rim of the foot, so the sole is not getting compression. The foot's not able to expand and contract properly in order to grow healthy tissue, because pressure and release, pressure and release. The foot craves pressure and release. With a shoe, it's there's pressure all the time, especially when you pick up the foot and you put the horseshoe on. Foot is in a contracted state. Then you put the foot on the ground the foot can't even expand as the horse is just standing there. So you could just imagine under high impact when that foot is designed to actually expand, to absorb that impact, it can't do that anymore. So it's creating problems at the same time. Now I know there's the big old thing of our horseshoes seriously bad, or are they good? or Are they a necessary evil? I do believe they have their place. I won't say they're a hundred percent wrong in any way. It's just back to back to back to back shoeing, I think is, is wrong you got to have give the horse an off period to grow grow a healthy foot again to drive the quick back up to repair all the internal structures so that they're sound and ready again so if you have to grow a better foot in the off season because you need to shoe then this is the best way to get a better foot to shoe too as well um the material that oh what is my finger
2: the material that it's made of is actually like a um uh, like you would put on a broken bone, isn't it? Yeah. You, you wrap it up and it, and it sets and it, it looks and feels just like a, a cast on a human. Um, mm-hmm. They're it, awesome.
0: <laughs> they are really awesome and I, I think part of what our theme has been here is that how the horse industry is outdated. Um, we've got so much information. We've got clients. We've got technology. Um, there's so much out there and yet we're still nailing the metal shoe on and I think a lot of the information that we're talking about in this it's not new information it's common sense mixed with some fun new technology um, but then it's not even new technology because I remember when I was a 12 year old kid with a broken wrist and I had the exact same cast material on my arm so why is this not common and Kathleen you haven't seen this yet um but I would be very interested to hear what your take is on it from the foot perspective and just your understanding of anatomy.
1: Oh totally well you showed me like the pictures and I think you showed me when I was out there briefly um but I'm still sitting here like mind blown because everything you're saying Bob, is again is weird with exactly what I say to humans all the time like shoes have their place, even for humans, but when I look at the shoes that, were being, like, that are being marketed to us and, oh, this is going to make you jump higher up faster, all this stuff, well, we all know it's not, but what it's also doing is kind of creating, essentially, a cement block of your foot, because when we put humans in shoes, it's over time, the brain just shuts off the connection to the foot, and we no longer have control of those muscles or awareness of those muscles, so essentially throwing around cement unaware cement loss on your feet which is why you see an increase in things like flash fasciitis and different pain conditions and things going like all the way up the leg. Um and so what you're saying Bob, about no, um like time so supposed to actually work, time for the switch for growth I mean of course it's slightly different because the horse's foot is gonna be slightly different for a human foot, but, but again all the same compensations come out. It's, it's a higher impact, you to know, through the body it's Uh, Less control going through the body, less awareness going through the body, all because you shut off that connection and that, um, that, yeah, that connection to the foot lower down. Um, And it sounds like, again, to compare this to a human example, it sounds like what you're doing is essentially using this this task as similar to what humans should be using orthotics for, because orthotics shouldn't be a permanent solution for something with a foot issue or back issue, or knee issue, or whatever, often it's used as a permanent solution, and it's, um, people make millions selling orthotics, and making orthotics for people to correct the structural issues, but then they never retrain what's causing the structural issue anymore, so it sounds like this is kind of a positive spin on that for the horses, where you're using it as a temporary solution to help the horse reframe the movement, reframe the structure, and then building a foundation on that, and building, building a, solid awareness back to that which is what i would. that's the only reason i would ever use orthotics orthotic for the client because we need a temporary solution to help them help the body correct and heal and then build a foundation on top of that where they shouldn't need that orthotic long term
3: yeah yeah exactly once they have grown back the missing tissue that has been removed and the back of the foot starts to strengthen then basically they there's really no purpose for them after that the foot has actually repaired itself now but it it's just getting that help it needs to start to repair. So the cast will give it that help. It'll correct the movement. And then the, the foot can go, hey, right on. Now we've got the heel first impact. We can start to turn this fatty tissue into more cartilage to protect the back of the foot's nerves. Or we can get the lateral cartilage and yeah. now, you know, things like that. So it's a really good, good tool. But that's all it should be as a tool. It shouldn't be a permanent, a permanent fix. Yeah.
1: And I love that you also touch on, like you mentioned a briefly earlier, touch on nutrition. Like, all of this has to come with, like, if you're feeding mm-hmm. your horse a high-sugar high diet, you're not creating an environment for the structure to actually correct itself. It's the same thing with humans. If I have a human with any sort of injury, especially if it's a human injury or chronic pain or something like concussion, if your diet is just feeding that inflammation, thing we do from the outside in is going to change what's happening on the inside coming out. We have to change the whole process you have to change the whole lifestyle around that to create the change and that's what makes it so hard dealing with some of it. But so I love that you touched on that for the horse too, because I think that's like it's not like a barrier going around and offering nutrition advice or both kick, the average barrier anyway from my experience. Um, <laughs> like you said earlier, yeah. like barriers are kind of just looking at one tiny piece of the puzzle which is unfortunately that happens in the human world too like with Different doctors and physicians, and physios, and whatever we see, different specialists looking at one little piece, but then forgetting the whole picture, and then you never fix the problem because you might fix the pain in one place, but it's either going to come back or it's going to it somewhere else. They still have a broken, broken.
3: System. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is because food that is good for you. It usually tastes like shit, <laughs> you know? So, I mean,
2: We say we have a box of <laughs> um, Yeah, That's right. Yeah.
3: That's right. Yeah. So if I want to heal some tissue inside my body, I'm going to look at what, you know, zinc and copper and minerals and stuff that are going to actually help connect those tissues again. And I'm going to start to load up on things that are going to help my body repair. But yeah, it's, it's getting off the McDonald's and, you know, basically we're feeding our horses donuts basically all and, the time. And know?
2: that's the biggest fight that you found, I think, isn't it? That, you know, you go to these clients and you say, hey, well, I can get your horse walking sound-ish with a correct trim, but then long-term, it's not, nothing, nothing good is going to come of it because you won't change the diet. Yeah. Um, and I love that you guys have even called this, your horse is not the problem. And the horse isn't the problem. It's nine times oh. out of 10, the owner will have the horse on knee-high grass and be feeding oats and molasses and they'll be pulling their hair out going, why on earth is my horse so lame? And Bob comes along and goes, "Well, because you're feeding it sugar. You're feeding it McDonald's all the time." And they go, "No, it can't be that." And there's just such a fight against it. And then it's 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 awful. It's an awful industry to kind of be in, in, in that in that way.
3: A lot of horses could have been helped drastically just by removing a couple things. I'm not asking the horse owners to, to rearrange their whole entire lives because we all have busy lives and we all have busy schedules. But just to remove a couple things would help a lot. Use the grain in the morning. Or if you have to have them out on the grass and you know let them out for a couple of hours in the morning before the sun starts to photosynthesize sort of the grass and then the sugar starts to build, the worst time is to let, let them out in the evening. because Now the grass has all the sugar in and it's going to respirate at night to use that sugar but then we throw the horses out when we come in from work and then we'll feed them a little pail of sweet feed because we feel guilty because we haven't seen them all day just to give them a little treat. And next thing you know, we're just dumping sugars and sugars, more sugars in their diet. And then come the next morning, we lock them up during the day and let them out at night again. And in that routine, if they could just change the routine, even they would eliminate a lot of sugar into the horse's diet.
0: Kathleen, does this sound familiar with how you have to talk I to don't your don't clients?
1: I, yeah, this is my brain's just floating over here. So it's all the same with humans. It's it's the same fight. It's the same battles. It's the same routines that we get stuck in that seems so impossible to change. And then when a practitioner asks you to change it, or make a simple change like this, it's oh my god, I can't do that. How could I not do this and this and this? That's just how life works. That's how it's supposed to be. It's so simple. It could not be the answer. But it's like it is really that easy a lot of the time. It's Changing a couple, yeah. tweaking a couple things, making it a very slow lifestyle change, habit based change. Not if it's hard, it shouldn't be hard, but people make it so difficult because, I mean, it's interesting that you're saying all these things like, again, because actually your horse isn't a problem because a horse intuitively wouldn't do any of this shit. But,
2: I have my choice in
1: it with sharing. Like the humans humans mess it up and that was
3: our first explicit word of say so holla <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a real it's truly humbling when you you come out and you're just kind of a fresh farrier out of out of school and you're going out to do these horses and you think you just done this perfect textbook trim on them and they walk away sore. You go, hmm maybe it wasn't the horse because they were sound before I started. You know, it, it, I've seen so many rasp marks right through the sole. I've seen so many nice gouges in the sole. And I just wonder, if you don't know what you're doing underneath the foot, maybe you shouldn't be there. And I don't mean it. I just There's a lot more education in the hoof world that isn't being taken seriously because everyone's looking at the foot standing still. Now, I know every horse is found standing still. That's great. Until you move the horse, we have to look at the foot in motion, how it hits the ground, how the horse is loading the limb, how it's breaking over. Is anything impeding the whole entire process? Is the horse even loading the ground correctly? Does it have a foot development of a foal on a 1,200-pound body? You know, there's all these different issues to look at. And then how do you go about helping the horse? It's not just this trim I'm after, because every foot I trim is totally different than the next one. I'm reading the situation. I'm looking at the foot strength and I'm trimming according to the foot's development. So I'm not trying to put a PhD-level trim on a foot that's just graduated grade two. It would never make it. You'll cripple the horse. And a lot of times the industry is going, well, a natural foot should have a really low heel and a short toe. So everybody goes out there, and you got these major long toes and these super high heels, and they go along, and they just whack off these feet like that. And next thing you know, they've crippled your horse, and they wonder, well, this darn trim doesn't work. But what they didn't realize is that it took a, lo- a lot more than one trim to get the horse in that situation. So it's going to take a few trims to get everything set up right. It's going to take some time to regrow that foot. So there's a patience involved there. You've got to back off. The more I back off on the trimming and the more I see it from the horse's point of view, the more success I've had.
0: Which is exactly what we're talking about in all aspects of this, um, with the horse training uh, starting – in kindergarten and working up to the levels and developing that horse at that horse's speed. Um, Kathleen, what you're doing, you're not taking people that have been sitting on a couch in pain for two years and getting them to do a strongman competition. Um, you're taking your time. And it that, that's mm-hmm. what's missing is that this isn't an instant gratification solution. This is how we accomplish pain-free Wellness, if I can use that super cliche word. Um, But I I think that the challenge at the end of this, and like, Kathleen, please step in. But the challenge at the end of this is to go out and watch your horse move and how he's landing it or she. Are they landing heel first? And are they balanced? And Kathleen, I I love walking with you because we have so much fun watching
1: people walk. Too good. Yeah. yeah, it's uh it's a blessing announcers to have the training to assess movement because once you have it, you do it all the time. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know, you have to look at the whole picture and people are human human nature is to always find the quickest quickest solution to survival, right? So unfortunately most of us actually all of us are wired to find that quick fix, that quick gratification because that is how we survive this long. Uh, unfortunately, it now might be the reason you extinct yourself, but um, it's people to tell somebody that, even when I explained to somebody like everything you just said, if it took, like it didn't take one trip to get here, it's not going to take one trip to get back. It's the same thing I say, exactly what you said there. When somebody comes in to see me, and kind of a first session with me, they have all the pain. If they've had pain or discomfort or, or movement for going on 20 years, and they're expecting me to fix them with one soft tissue treatment, like it's not, yeah. it's not going to happen. It's going to take a while and it's different for every person. And I'm sure it's different for every course, but anywhere from two sessions to six sessions, to a year of sessions to correct the whole problem and actually get down to the bottom of it. Because when I start fixing one thing, usually 10 of the things come out of the woodwork and we're fixing things as they happen over time. And if, if, if it's, Yeah, you have to add on the factor of how long did it take to get here and what have we compensated for for the last X amount of time and how are we going to get ourselves out of that hole that we dug ourselves into. It's never going to be a quick fix. And sure, you can take an Advil or a Tylenol or give your horse a or whatever for the rest of their lives, but you're probably then going to be paying for kidney medication, uh, blood pressure medication, all those things, all the side effects that come along with, Those quick fixes, they
0: don't end up being quick fixes. They just end up being like a patch that doesn't actually hold anything together. Yeah. Super cool. I think that that's a pretty good place to wrap up. Uh, We've left you with a challenge for the day. And uh, looking forward to hear feedback on uh, social media about what you're seeing, Uh, I think that that, you can find Release Equine on Facebook and on their website, releaseequine.com, isn't it?
2: Releaseequine.com. We have a hoof care page. Bob is not doing hoof care anymore, so please don't email asking him to come and trim your horse. But we do have lots of information and pictures and stuff on there, and if you do have any specific questions, um, there's, there's a contact page and Shoe Bob and a message, and he loves talking about feet. He loves analyzing feet. It's it's hardwired into him. So, yeah, if you have any questions, go to the website and get in touch.
0: Bob does teach people and takes on apprentices, so I can, I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) If there is
2: a serious barrier, uh, what, sorry? A worthy, yeah, that's a good word. If there's someone who is serious about doing this in the area, um, we're always up for meeting new people.
1: i it
0: going over there, Kathleen.
1: Uh, awesome. That was, that was awesome. Um, I want to keep talking forever, but
3: we'll do another <laughs> episode. <maybe. laughs> I, I haven't gotten into human zones yet. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into of protein A in the whole earth. So, there's, a whole other, there's a whole other chapter to this we could go into. <laughs>
0: That's going to be yeah. part two. And first, we're going to learn how to pronounce those words. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was just a <laughs> little. I feel like Bob and I need to do a joint lecture on the
0: split. <laughs> this is what we've been talking about. We want to get all of us together and do workshops. So that's why we're doing the podcast is get this information out there and then get your butts to Alberta and we will do workshops. Um, Kathleen is going to meet us here. And uh, I think that if if people kind of get the opportunity to really see this and get the hands on of this, it's going to make a lot of sense, especially when you have somebody with – Bob's knowledge, being able to, to say to you, this is what the horse is doing, all of a sudden it makes it so picture perfect. And Kathleen does that with the rider, like looks at the rider and this is what the rider's doing and this is why the horse is doing it. Um, and then not to toot my own horn, but I can usually tell you why your horse is moving the way that they're moving and how you can fix it. So the combination of the three of us is, is dynamite. It, it literally blows your mind. It blows my mind.
1: It blows my mind, too. I mean, (laughs) good
3: lord. I think this is awesome.
0: (laughs) So, um, Uh, thank you for joining us. And, Kathleen, you want to wrap up?
1: Yes, that was awesome. I think everybody who listens to this is going to also think it was awesome. Um, Like Sarah said, do that challenge. Take a look at at what you see you watch your horse move and then if you start watching your friends move that's my challenge that's crazy but that's my challenge
2: for you guys
1: (laughs) just watch some watch some people move and see what you see and I do this every time I teach a workshop I I have people assess each other's posture and, and that kind of thing. And even without a trained eye, even know, years years of experience, you can start seeing the things that don't look right. And if it doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. That's like rule well, number one they taught us at school when they were teaching us how to assess movement. It's like, if it doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. Like, you are pretty intuitive. We can tell if something's not right. Um, but I'm going to sell myself a like, blank on a, on a story on that. because We need to wrap up. So do the challenge. Leave us a comment. See, tell us what you see, whether it be in humans or a horse or both. And if you have any questions, reach out to us, reach out to Release Keyclines, and uh, we will for sure be passing into some more with dollars in future episodes. I can't wait.
2: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you for having us on. We, yeah. uh, we're looking forward to working with you yeah. guys, definitely.
1: Thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys. Okay, that's it for Your Horse is Not the Problem, and we will talk to you next week.